and welcome back to Ride It Out at LBS, the podcast that brings the LBS community together. I'm your host, Catherine Lauren. Each week, we explore how disruption and innovation are positively shaking up sectors. This week, we're focusing on the private equity sector. I'm super excited to be joined by Santiago Narvaez, MBA 2021 at LBS. Welcome, Santi. Thank you, Catherine, for having me and congratulations on this amazing work you've been doing with the podcast. I'm super uh, glad to hear you've been tuning in to the last few episodes. Uh, brief background on Santi. He spent the last five and a half years in investment banking in LATAM, working on multi-billion dollar deals in the M&A space. He's also interning at a private equity firm. But before we kick off, what is your fun fact, Santi? Uh, well, yeah. With all this time we've, we've been spending here at home uh, during, the, during the lockdown, I've been cooking a lot and I'm really proud of certain dishes I've done, like uh, a paella or a risotto last week. And I actually love it. I discovered I love doing so. So maybe, who knows, uh, if I, after all this ends, I change my, my professional prospects from, from my traditional background to a more creative space. Who knows? So you're going to become a Michelin-starred chef after the lockdown. How exciting. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have the, the skills to, do, to, to go that far, but you never know. <laughs> so can you explain to our listeners how a private, private equity firm actually works? Sure. So I would, I would put it with an example and, and because it works really, really similar to how it works when you buy an apartment. When you buy an apartment, uh, let's say you want to rent it after, after for a few years and you buy it with certain amount of debt and you hope that the rent income you receive will pay down the, the installments and the interest rates. And you're also hoping that the, the rent goes up uh, because, because they improve, you improve the apartment and the neighborhood improves as well. So you are receiving more and more income each year and you pay down the debt quicker. Um, and the third assumption is that when you sell the apartment at the end of, let's say, five years, uh, the value has also increased and you receive extra, extra, let's say, profit from, from the transaction uh, after you pay down the remaining debt you had on it. And I think it, in your example, it's also important to bear in mind that these are not abstract companies, but everyday brands that we all know and actually like, such as Doc Martin shoes, you know, Jimmy shoes, to even where you get your morning coffee at Pret. They're all private equity owned. Exactly. I think that the private equity model is has become very popular and and has become a very important source of growth for companies that we know really well. And how do you see this uh, current pandemic affecting the private equity sector? Private equity sector has like three, three pillars, right, for, for the day-to-day -day activities. I would say those are the, the fundraising part of the, of the business, the investing part, and then actually managing the portfolio companies that they already have. So in terms of fundraising, I would say, or, or what we have seen uh, currently happening is that big 
funds that have a strong track record of performing really well in previous crises, in previous shocks, are, are receiving the trust of investors, of these institutional large investors, and they are being able to, to raise new funds in this, in this environment. Certainly, I think it's going to be slower than, than usual because all the meetings with investors throughout the world uh, has, has to be like, done virtually through all these, all these conferencing platforms. And that's probably not usual for, for, or in these very traditional uh, sectors. Then on the investment envi- environment and on how this, the, the, the coronavirus situation is affecting that, I would say that it's also taking longer, probably companies that were going to the market for sale and private equities that were looking for new opportunities. That's going to take more time than usual uh, because there is a very physical part of, of the transaction. These private equities needs, need to go to, the, to actually where the companies operate, make sure that, let's say, the facility exists, the, the place where they produce the boots you, you buy exists, etc. Et so that part is, is for certainly take, will take longer and will require the shock to pass somehow. Uh, but let's see. I, I think that there's still opportunity for that to happen virtually, and certainly it's, it would be an opportunity to leapfrog for a very physical and presential part of doing the business to a more uh, technology, technologically enhanced way of doing things. So just to kind of uh, jump in there, you were talking about the due diligence part, right? And the due diligence is effectively verifying if you're selling, I don't know, a shoe manufacturer and you have factories. So these factories actually exist. And a lot of the time, the um, private investment, private equity investment associates and the managing partners would actually go to the facilities do a viewing and also speak to the management of the company um, in terms of what their strategic plans are, what the experience and track record is, which forms part of their thesis uh, on based on which they invest in the company. Correct. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> and then the, the last remaining por- point I, would, I wanted to talk about was managing actually the companies they own right now, I think, which is, I think, probably the, the part where most of them uh, prior equity are ex- spending most of their time right now uh, because I think nobody or none of them uh, forecasted a, a case in which they would have zero revenue for, for a certain amount of for a certain number of months uh, and what I've heard they're saying is that this is a situation that is still going on nobody knows where is this going to land the tornado, the tornado is still rotating uh, it's what they're saying but this is an opportunity for 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 a private equity to, to demonstrate that the fundamentals of how they operate are still valid. Because, as you know, this is not a, this is not public markets in which the volatility affects uh, all the investments really immediately. And private equity is somehow protected of it because of the longer term or longer term horizon of the investments. And then there is still opportunities to to drive. The, the, the business to, through operational improvements to take advantage of the more sophisticated management teams that they put in place, so on and so forth. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And just to kind of add on to the long-term investments that private equity makes, 
I don't think many people actually know that a lot of the pension funds, for example, that have a time horizon that is, you know, 20 or 30 years in terms of their investments actually do have holdings in private equity companies, in particular, the ones that hold asset classes such as infrastructure, for example, exactly. airports as well. So these um, these private equity managers would rely on very kind of long term economic trends even if there's a small shock at the beginning. And a lot of these private equity fund portfolios might have underperformed during the financial crisis. But if you take a long-term view of, you know, five to 10 years, their investments have actually outperformed, or so the theory goes, the public markets. Exactly, exactly. And how do you see this current pandemic um, and kind of shock affecting the private equity market going forward? Look, I see that or what I've heard and what I've been reading is that these the, private, the companies managed by private equity are very focused on, on operational efficiencies and improvements of that kind, you know, like streamlining supply chains and, and making every part of the, of the business very efficient. A question that is arising right now is what is the trade-off between efficiency and resiliency? And this is particularly important for these companies managed by private equity that has a long track record of, of making the companies better at these things. So is it going to be a, a change in their, philo in their philosophy in terms of putting more efforts on building resiliency? Uh, is it one or the other, resiliency or efficiency? I think those kind of things are going to be very interesting to see how they evolve in the in the next few years after this shock passes and just in terms of our wrap-up santi what is your personal mantra um in time <laughs> in time of crisis look i during these last few few weeks i've discovered that that having a, a structure to your to your day is very important so having just a little bit more of discipline in terms of having keeping a schedule uh, having a to-do list and for each day and committing to it uh, actually helps you to to accomplish things. Uh, so I, I think that that would be my way of, of coping with the situation, having just a little bit more of discipline than, than usual. It's not that I am the most disciplined person in the world. It's by far I'm not. I just try every day a little bit. Just having a sense of normality as if, you know, it's business as usual. Yeah, somehow, exactly. Santiago, really enjoyed having you on today's episode of Ride It Out at LBS. And thanks for everyone who's been tuning in. 